What's up? You are listening to Cues from the Press Box. I am your host, Headphone Joe. And I'm here with my co-host as always. What's up, everybody? It's Brennan Tassif coming to you live and in color from New York City. All right. Um, I had Joe, to not bringing the energy this week, I noticed. <laughs> we are it's recording super buddy. early. <laughs> yeah. It's 9 a.m. not a morning guy. <laughs> but um, I was getting ready to say I had the wherewithal. I knew Miami was playing in Atlanta, so I got out of Atlanta. Um, didn't want to constantly look at the place where we got our heads bashed in. So I'm in Fort Lauderdale, again on location. But that does not mean the show will be less than folks. We'll do what we do every week. We're going to talk about the kickoff. Me and Brennan will talk about some of the bigger topics in sports. Then we're going to get into the quick hits, talk about some minor things. A little quick, a little quick. Um, quick. And then we're going to do the walk-offs where we, where Brennan cries, I read something or eloquently put something or other. And then we'll peddle our wares. Some people have some new wares. Who knows? You might want to buy it. It looks pretty dope. But without further ado, it's time for... Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Oh, here we go. All right, kick off. Not a lot of news in the NFL outside of some people getting COVID. So that means this week, yep. we can get right to the rest of our preseason power rankings. Which preseason is power rankings. Why did I even come up with this idea? Um, more annoying than a ranking before anybody's played it down. Yes, um, this was a great idea because we're like, oh, this will be a great way to fill time yeah. for the next two weeks before the season starts. And then doing it, I was like, this is the fucking worst. This is the worst. This was the worst. But my favorite part is you saying tears 30,000 times. Yeah, so I got some tears. I don't know if anybody's familiar with my tear system. I do have some tears, though. <laughs> All right. Um, since I'm hosting this week, let's start with your... So we're going to go from 16 to 1. Um, yep. So let's start with your bottom tier. Okay. So my bottom tier, as far as the middle of the pack, it's the let's go tier. And these are all the teams <laughs> that I think are going to be between 9 and 11 wins. So just enough to get their fan bases being like, all right, let's go. Because let's not forget, some teams have won the Super Bowl with only nine wins in a season. So the teams I have in this tier, again, this is going to be one of my bottom tiers for the middle. <laughs> I'm just trying to say it now. All right, so I've got <laughs> the Washington in. the Washington football team, the Atlanta Falcons, the Minnesota Vikings. This is one of my biggest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Saints, and the Dolphins. What number to what number was that, by the way? So this is going to be uh, 17. Hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, That's right, because you ruined last week. This is 17 to uh, number eight. So 17, 17 to, eight. to eight. Yeah. Okay, so I'll do 16 to eight. All right. So in this tier, in this tier, I don't have fucking tears. You made me say tears. Nope, Son of a you bitch. don't have tears. You're going straight up. I'm going straight up. So I got New Orleans at 16. They're going to miss the playoffs. I got Minnesota at 15. Kirk Cousin will get to eight, eight and one somehow. Um, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas is going to be the best team out of the NFC East. Oh, also, see, Dallas, I'm Dallas. just trying to curse them. I'm just trying to curse them, honestly. Okay. Um, Zach Martin down with COVID, going to miss the season opener. Um, so that's a hell of a way to start for them. The yeah, Chargers, right. the Chargers. Um, I see them taking another step. Um, San Francisco, San Francisco. Will eventually get rid of Jimmy G and go Trey Lance full time, and they should be they should have about ten wins. Should have about ten wins. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts coming in at eleven. Um, yeah, man. I look. The Indy has a great defense. Um, if Carson can stay healthy, and look, they did it with a a, a old way past his prime, Philip Rivers last year. So Carson Wentz can be at optimal at optim, uh, optimum uh uh performance <laughs> what's what word performance you thank you no nah, that's not even the word but if he's halfway decent god dang it <laughs> um dagnabbit to quote rivers if he's halfway decent he should get that team to a minimum of 10 wins um and then i got the cleveland browns at number 10 um, 
They have all the talent in the world. They just got to put it together. And Miami at number nine and Tennessee at number eight. Okay. So we do differ a little between your eight through 16 and then my 17 through eight. Next one. Uh, the next tier that I have in is uh, the Defense playoff. Is so bad. I think that offense is going to come together. The were, just lost one of its best players. Okay. They were. Um, Who has yeah, Mike they lost, Davis as their leading running back. Okay. They lost a lot of those games Mike by Davis less than one. Mike Davis is their leading running back. Can, let me finish. They lost a lot of those games by one score and they didn't have. Everyone's talking about Julio Jones is this great player, but he wasn't the red zone threat that he was in years past. And I think Kyle Pitts is really going to turn that around in the red zone. And I think Matt Ryan's going to play well. Mike Davis is their running back. <laughs> All right. Their we'll see, baby. We back. will see. Just want you to know that. All right. So my next tier is the playoff runners, the people I think that can make an actual legitimate run in the playoffs. And this is going to be seven through four. Um, These are the teams I think that are going to have between 12 and 13 wins. Uh, Definitely going to overtake their division. And drum roll, please. I've got the Rams, the Browns, the Titans, and the Green Bay Packers. Oh, so this is in no particular order. I'm no, oh, this okay. is just when Even I originally that was, that was the homework assignment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um, when I originally thought of uh, this tier, I I originally was like, oh, I have to have one between the Let's Go tier and then the, obviously the top tier, and I was mm. like, that's exactly where Green Bay would go. And then mm. Joe and I just spent the last like seven uh, minutes trying to figure out what team I forgot because I was like, I made the tier thinking about Green Bay and then forgot to write them down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got, I honestly think the Rams with that defense and with Matthew Stafford coming in are going to be really good, not outstanding because they have to gel and come together. Like you said about the Browns already, they've got all the pieces. They just need to put it together. The Titans are rolling. I'm not sure how strong they're going to make a run in the playoffs but their schedule outside like you know leading up to the playoffs this mm-hmm. season they're playing the AFC South I think they're going to be able to roll and Green Bay's a well-oiled machine Wait, I think in the Aaron, AFC South the Titans Yeah they're in the AFC South Yeah the, because they're they're playing in the AFC South oh, I, think okay. gonna I, I thought you were saying like the division they get to play outside Oh no no no, their, no. I think they're going to rack like, up a lot of wins going against every year. <laughs> Yeah Jacksonville and Houston and uh the Colts and then I think Green Bay, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers really wants to be like, you know, give him a little right there, Fred, on his way out. So mm. I think he's going to lead that team to big things um, and just to be like, you know, fuck you guys. So that's what mm. I got. What do you got for eight through four? Eight through four. Okay. Uh, I already gave Tennessee as eight. So. Okay. Seattle at number seven. Um, Green Bay at number six. Baltimore at number five. Wow. My man loves Lamar Jackson. Baltimore at number five. Baltimore would have been higher, but Baltimore what? suffered an injury to their lead rushing lead rushing threat. Yeah, JK. Um, I mean, they added some pieces in the receiving core, not the ones I would have preferred, but they got some people there. The defense is just nameless, faceless. They're always going to be humming at high speed. So, you just need well one it, a lot of it hinges on Lamar's availability because he's one of these people that haven't been vaccinated yet so it, he he's already caught the damn virus twice so it's like dude um, yeah that's crazy you're going to you're going to really hinder your team if week 8 week 16 you're like oh can't play for 10 days so yeah and did you hear what the um protocol is for guys that are vaccinated you just need two negative tests within 24 hours yeah that's the same thing. That's what it was for the NBA as well. Yeah, but if you're unvaccinated, then you automatically are out for out 10, 10 days. days. Yeah. That's crazy. Because it has disparity. to go through your system. Yeah. The it's disparity. not a disparity. There's a reason for the vaccine. I, hey, I'm back. I have it <laughs> and I got it and I'm vaccinated. I'm I'm with you. I'm just. So, but yes, yeah, so it, it's also. Oh, yeah. Because it's a 10 day cycle. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's a 10 day cycle. Yeah. I remember Tyler was talking about it. that on. Yeah. yeah. So if you've if you're vaccinated, it will leave your system quicker. So all you have to do is prove two negatives, and you're. I don't know why I just put a piece of gum in. That was probably. I don't know why it was the worst audio decision move you've ever made, and you move your microphone constantly. (laughs) All right, here we go. Next tier, 
I have the so best. Four of, to one. Yeah. Okay. No, three to one. The best of the best. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know. So, because that's why I didn't give my fork. I was like, you're throwing me off. Because last time you said 17 to eight, but then you didn't give your eight. That's so true. That threw me off. Uh, so, number four for me then is the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Yes. Um, that's where Baltimore would have been where their quarterbacks not vaccinated. Um, Buffalo doesn't have Cole Beasley vaccinated, but Cole Beasley is not the fucking face of the franchise. He's a poo-poo platter. Um, Buffalo, they added Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason. Um, they ended up drafting uh, Gregory Russo. I think I see a lot of good things for this team, man. Um, yeah, I just, I just think they're going to be... <sighs> If Josh Allen could continue playing the way that he played last yeah, year, that's the big and if question, they Mark. can mix in the run for once in a while, mix in a fucking Devin Singletary, salad, Jesus best Christ, running back in the preseason. Um, but yeah, but when the game count, they probably were never going to give him the ball again. So I know I hate that they do that. So yeah, um, yeah, if, if they can get their head out of their asses from that standpoint and alleviate some of the pressure, um, which usually result in a boneheaded play by Josh Allen. Because if we look back at that uh, AFC championship game, he had a couple boneheaded plays. Yeah, he did, for sure. He had a couple boneheaded plays. He kind of reverted back for a little bit. And that's because they put all the pressure on his shoulders. And it's like when you got five guys barreling down at you and you got nowhere to go, you're just going to lob it up sometimes. You have that brain fart instead of throwing it away. Yeah. So. Well, another thing that kind of bothers me about it is before last season when Josh Allen, you know, had his MVP, quote unquote, MVP season, he wasn't very accurate. He wasn't very good. And the fact that you go into that season last year with a quarterback that's, you know, in the beginning of the season, making some errant throws, some boneheaded plays, like getting that face mask. I think that was week two or three. Um, But you're still choosing not to run the ball. Yeah. And Devin Singletary the year before when he first came into the league, I remember I had him on fantasy was a productive running back. So to just good running back to, to just be like, no, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to throw it a lot with we're a quarterback. We're solely that, relied on the quarterback that we just saw for two years. Has not be below, very good <laughs> below 60% uh, completion. Yeah. Percentage. That's insane to me. So <laughs> I've got, so the best of the best, these are the teams I think that can win 14 to 17 games. Um, the Bills I have in this one, uh, Bills, Bucks, Chiefs. Bills, so, Bucks, Chiefs. Yeah, no particular Bills, order. Bucks. This is just what the tier is. Um, I honestly, the Bills hinges on what we're talking about, which is if Josh Allen could continue to perform at this level. If it wasn't, if it was just you know him moving forward as a quarterback instead of just like a flash in the pan, it was mm-hmm. actually him yeah. building, you know, building towards something. So if he can maintain, because the Bills' defense is already really good. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. And then, of course, the high-flying offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Tampa Bay, to bring everybody back. Everybody. Yeah. And just be like, let's run it back. All right, cool. Run it, it back, insane. Um. Okay, so my three to one. Number three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They brought everybody back. But Tom Brady's a little older, man. I can't just blindly follow this guy into the sun. Yeah, one year he's gonna fall off, he and has everyone's to gonna be like, "I should." I told you so. Like, yeah, Jesus this, Christ. Yeah. So that that's what took them from two to three. Okay. Number two, I see. I'm shocked at you, Brennan, because I thought we were gonna line up one and two. Number two is the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, okay. You made me nervous. I was like, who the fuck could he possibly have? They, now you said they need a gel and cohesive and all this, but the whole team has pretty much been together. It's just inserting a better quarterback now. Yeah, and they've mortgaged the entire future. And we've, I've talked about this yeah. ad nauseum for the last year and a half. They have mortgaged the entire future to win either last year, uh, excuse me, two years ago, last year, or this year. Like, that's the end of it. Like, they don't so, have any more runway after this. They, they maybe next year. Maybe they added a Pro Bowl quarterback, though I think he is overrated. Um, having the weapons of Cooper Cup by his side, uh, Robert Woods. Um, they traded for was it Sony Michelle? Yep. Was okay. Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson. Oh, is Daryl Henderson still there? Yeah, Daryl Henderson still there. Okay, I just always get confused. This is like it was Henderson, Brown, and uh, Gurley. 
And I think Brown's the one that left as well as Gurley. Yeah. So Henderson. Yeah, so. Gurley got um, after they paid Gurley all that money. That does not. Hey, but they got out of that contract, right? Look at yeah, that. No, Look they that. did. But. A little wiggle room. See, but all that year. defense, you can't beat that defense. Brandon Staley's defense, it's... it's Brandon Staley's un- not there anymore. I know, but it's his defense. Oh, okay. and it's Raheem Morris' unmatched. defense. Look at you trying to give the black man's credit to a white man. Unbelievable. Unrivaled. Unbelievable, Brennan. And number <laughs> one with a silver bullet, the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know how you have them one with a silver bullet. That whole offense hinges on if Patrick Mahomes can stay healthy. And that whole he, team hinges on that. Their defense isn't that good. They've like they don't defense, have like great route runners. They've got speedsters. I keep hating that you say that. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's unfounded. I keep bringing it up. Um, they're number one with silver bullet because the last two seasons they've been number one with silver bullet with everything you just said already. So. I don't Until see Tampa what Bay made them look year. like little babies. Yeah, when their entire offensive line was decimated. Dang. And they went and got people to bolster that offensive line. So, hey. What's wrong? Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're number <laughs> one with a silver bullet. I think that they're, they're fallible. That's uh, what I think. Well, the team that went 15-1 and one last year and then made it all the way to the championship... I'm not going to say they're super fallible um, just because of one game and one performance. I think they um, I think they can hold their own in this NFL, obviously. And they have the obviously. best quarterback running. So, sue me. Don't sue him. All right. Well, that is all for NFL... And then starting next week, the season will start. We're going to start recording a little later, uh, a little housekeeping. And so we can recap some of the games. We um, are probably going to swing into a uh, version of the format like we did last year. Yeah. Um, as far as college football in the NFL, because as many of you know, who've been with us from the beginning, we used to just read box scores and stats. And then that got exhausting and our episodes were two hours long. So we finally <laughs> found our groove. Um, so we'll probably just highlight a few of the games and then uh, just bounce around. So moving on. All right. I was getting ready to say some of that stuff, but he beat me to it. All right, Brennan. Got a couple quick MLB topics for Huge you. Huge top. MLB topics. Are we going to talk about my fucking Mets, dude? No. Wrong accent. Wrong accent. Um, Very wrong. You keep going through the Boston accent. I can't accent. help it's it. It's the funniest thing ever. I can only do the New York accent when I'm around New Yorkers and I hear it. Um, Sounds like you need to get around more New Yorkers. Or you probably shouldn't because they probably hate when people do that. Um, So, <laughs> Brennan, the case oh, out west has yeah. been back and forth. This is one back that we keep forth. highlighting Up because down. it is not just a wild card chase. It is the chase for the top of the division. The Giants and the Dodgers keep trading off. Um, yesterday when I saw it, it was tied. And then the Giants beat the Dodgers again in another head-to-head. And now the Giants are one game better. Brennan, when, if ever, do you think the Dodgers will actually unseed the Giants? I don't know. So this has gone back and forth. Um, the Padres were in it for a while, too. Remember at the they start were. of the season when we were like, oh, this is going to be awesome. We didn't even think. We had no idea that the Giants would be here. No, I, I know. I can speak for myself. I thought when the season started, and I remember it was that first awesome series between the Dodgers and the Padres, and the Padres won a couple of those games or maybe swept the series. It was the very beginning of the season. We're like, okay, here we go. Padres. Dodgers. And then the Giants kind of came out of nowhere. We're like, eh, actually, we're going to take this whole division. Mm. So um, there's about, what is there, 20 games left? Uh, I think the Dodgers can overtake the Giants. But when? They just had a head-to-head four-game series, and they still leave the series down one game. I think what it's going to be is it's not going to be the Dodgers beating the Giants straight up. I think the Giants are going to lose some games. The Dodgers are going to win some games, and they're going to do it that way. That's what I think. But um, that so doesn't I, bode well for them in the postseason because oh, the Dodgers I know. I'm get the number one seed <laughs> and the Giants are in the wild card slot, which then gets them then they're if gonna they have to, win that game and they go to play the Dodgers. Yeah, They have a good head-to-head with them. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I wanted to be right so bad about the Dodgers and them coming on, but it looks like I was wrong. So 
I think the Dodgers will overtake the Giants just because there's so many series in baseball. And the thing I love about football, which I'll talk about later in my walk off, is the fact oh that it's whoa, you just got really loud. It's the fact that uh, it's uh, one game, and that's kind of what determines it. Whereas in baseball, they've got the series, so the the better team normally wins. And I thought the Dodgers were going to be the better team, and apparently the Giants are the better team, and we see that with the way the season's playing out. So. I want them to overtake them. I don't think they're going to be able to take them in a head-to-head. I think it's going to have to be one of those things where they win a few games and then the uh, Giants lose a few games. All right, folks, a little technical difficulties, but we got through that topic. The other topic in the MLB I had for you, Brennan, is... A little technical difficulties. Hey, 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 hey. Don't do that to me. Um, The other topic I had, are the Boston Red Sox safe? Now, right now, they are... Hold on. What just happened? Why is my computer acting up? Right now, they are only three games clear of the wild card, of the second wild card position. They have yeah. Seattle breathing down their neck three games back. They have Toronto breathing down their neck four games back. And they have the A's breathing down their neck also four games back. Two of the teams, oop, yeah, two of the teams have a better run differential than them. Um, they just lost one of their starting pitchers to the COVID list. Yeah. So, do you think the Sox can hold on for a couple more weeks or will they get overtaken? So there's two scenarios. Um, either they're going to hold on and they're going to end up playing New York in the wild card. Um, but no, I think they're going to get fucking bounced. My fucking Sox, dude. We had a great start to the year. We thought everything was going great. And then everything just started to fall apart, man. And that's baseball. That's just how it works. So I think... We're going to have a better season next year. We're going to come back. We're going to take care of business. But as of right now, I think it's over. Uh, which of the three teams that I mentioned do you think is going to overtake them? Oh, uh, Seattle. Seattle, really? Yeah. Shocking. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Okay. I mean, it's, I, I just think Seattle because they're... So they're playing, Seattle's playing in a division that's not very good. Toronto Blue Jays are playing, they're all beating up on each other in this division. You know what I mean? So it's like the Rays, the Sox, the Yankees, the Jays, they're all beating the shit out of each other. Whereas Seattle's, you know, in a division with the Rangers and the Angels. Like, who gives a shit? Um, Well, don't sleep on the Angels, obviously. They have Shoya Tani. Obviously. They have the best player um, in baseball. But no, I think the Jays will get to beat up on one, the Sox himself. So that's like two points. Two I see what you're saying, points. yeah. Um, and then they get to play the Orioles. So and the Orioles are the basement franchise of the the whole or, or the whole MLB. Why are you making faces? I'm sorry. It just it looks like the this side of this side of my the left side of my face. The last couple of weeks, I've noticed the left side of my face isn't opening as wide as the right side of my face. And now, it do you think you're having a like stroke? What the hell? Like I'm, I'm like, why is he making faces? Like maybe a couple of weeks ago, I had a mini stroke and I never noticed it. But I normally have the video up, but I'm looking at other stuff. But the last like week or two, I've been looking at myself in the camera, and it looks like. Like, doesn't it look like this side of my mouth isn't opening all the way? No, it looks when I talk. You'll you'll start noticing it. Oh, why is he making faces at me? All right, I'm sorry. Let's get back on track. (laughs) Boston isn't safe. Boston's gonna miss the playoffs. Better luck next year. Moving on. All right, moving on. All right, folks. We had a full slate of college football. Full slate. Um, is there college football music? Uh, no, I can do that. Oh, go out! Not doing that, guys. Good I'm game. glad you didn't put that in the decisive wins. Because <laughs> yeah, I almost thought about it, but I was like, eh, I'll save them. I'll spare. Hey, him. do you want to hear something awesome? What up? So the uh, line in Vegas was 23 and a half, and um, so anybody who bet the Owls game. won money. Yeah. And then I bet a huge Gator fan friend of mine. I was like, hey. I just threw it out there. Shout out Scott Sandlin, a friend of Brennan Tessif is your ex-drinking buddy show. I said, um, you had hey, a show you, to the end of it? you give me 21 points and I'll, I'll bet you 50 bucks. And he's such a Gator fan. He's like, yeah, bet they're going to blow him out by like fucking 50 points. Bye, 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 bye. And then wah, wah. 21 on the head though. <laughs> 21 on the head. So we pushed, but uh. It's still, it, and I almost said 21 and a half too. I really wanted to say that. Should have bought the but, half. Got to buy the hook. 
It was interesting because it was like 21 the whole game. Like they were up 21 to nothing by like the third quarter. It was like 14-0, I think, in the end of the first half or near the end of the first half. Yeah, it, and but then they went up 21 nothing, and I was like, okay. But they had the ball, and I was just remember thinking to myself, like, well, if they score again, I'm fucked. I'm going to lose this bet. And then I got off of work, got on the subway, and then we got home, and I checked the, pulled the score up, and we scored two touchdowns in like the last six minutes of the game. Oh, wow. <laughs> To make it 35-14. And I was like, fuck yeah. Okay. Well, we didn't we weren't supposed to talk owls football here. Um, uh, we always talk owls football, <laughs> baby. But uh all right, let's get right to it. We're gonna try to do this pet, quick and painless. A couple lines from both of us. One more round our way through these. All right. All so, right. Brennan, first game on the docket. It was a Friday nighter. Um, I believe number 10 UNC went to Blacksburg. And they got their shit pushed in. Yeah, they um, got their bell rung. Virginia Tech beats. I don't know who went where, by the way. It's all speculation. Uh, UNC loses to Vatek 17-10 final score. Wait a second. What up? Let's let's not. Okay. What up? They didn't get their shit pushed in. They lost by seven. I know. I know. <laughs> but you're the big bad UNC. I know. But when you, you said Sam that, I was Howell. like, wait a second. It wasn't that Sam bad. Sam Howell, who's a Heisman candidate. He just got a card, a trading card deal, some shit. I know. Like, 17 to 32. That is not. Those aren't awesome numbers. Yeah. Like, dude, you were supposed to be the guy. You had three picks. Like, what the fuck? Like, come on. So yeah. to me, that's a shit pushing in. Um, okay. You got the shit rocked. You like that better? They got the shit rocked. Yeah, they got they got rocked, especially because they were supposed to they were supposed to blow they were out number Virginia ten Tech. team preseason ranking. That's why I say preseason. And I talked them up all bullshit. last year with their offense and Mac Brown and that whole thing. Yeah, you made Mac Brown one of the greatest coaches in the college Dude, football. Man, I stand by that. <laughs> How about Coastal Carolina coming in at twenty second overall, no, winning fifty two to fourteen? Stop bringing up. I know, but now I'm looking at some talk. of these scores, and some of them are pretty. Uh, all are right. we going to talk? Okay, we are going to talk the Minnesota thing. All right, cool. Okay, so I mean, Virginia Tech beat UNC. I think that's all we got for that. Yeah. Somehow, not believing the hype after you lose that game, kiddo. Got to. Let's talk about this me. huge upset. Hold on, Three man. I removed. got Sounders. One more round. I, I said for like eight minutes that we're going to do the one more round to this. You keep trampling me. I forgot we had Sounders for that. Okay, what's what's the next one on the docket? Go, are you doing the Sounders? I just did the one more round. Oh, I can't hear the hear? Sounders. Just oh, so you I know. took the Sounders off for you. Shit, my bad. Okay, no problem. Here we go. Next one is UCLA. Okay, so speaking of upsets, let's talk about a team that just won the national championship three years ago. Um, LSU, the Bayou Bengals, the LSU Tigers get beat. By Chip Kelly. Oh, my gosh. I have to apologize to him, by the way. And the UCLA Bruins. A week ago, I was trying to fire him, and then he beats LSU decisively. So, like I was saying, uh, yeah, I think this win earns Chip Kelly, honestly, this season oh and God. the next. Um, beating, a two, beating a team two years removed from winning the national championship, preseason ranked 16, an SEC juggernaut, as some folks would like to say. Um, this decisive fashion, Chip Kelly kind of... He brought all those feels back from when he was at Oregon, where um, you got the fast running quarterback. The quarterback ran for the quarterback ran 13 times. He didn't run for much, but um, his backfield ended up running for 210 yards on a SEC defense. So that was pretty impressive. The quarterback threw for three touchdowns, two for 260, um, and only threw with the ball nine times. So Chip Kelly back to that, like, very simple, very basic offense where I'm just going to fill athletes and stretch the field as much yep. as I can. Chip Kelly's back, baby. I'm just not happy about it. Hey, you're the Sounders. Here we go. Here we go. Now, biggest upset of the year. Biggest upset of the season. Biggest upset. And... Usually yeah, one of these every time. one of these every single season. That's why I'm saying it's the biggest upset of the year because there will not be. I don't think there's going to be any more uh, warm up uh, games uh, between big powerhouses and big bigger teams, and then these one double A schools. But Montana, Montana, the Montana Grizz, the Grizzlies, 
an FCS school, one double A, formerly known as beats number 20 Washington at Washington 13 to seven. That's yeah, unbelievable. that's unbelievable. unbelievable. The uh, Washington quarterback, Dylan Morris had three picks 27 to 46. So he started slinging it all over the yard, trying to get something going. Um, just they, they couldn't do it. I don't, I mean, I saw yeah. clips from this game. I saw highlights. I actually, obviously I didn't watch the game, but did you look at no. his rushing stats? So I'm guessing in college, they, if you get it's sacked, a negative. they uh, yeah. put that as a rush. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying they make it a rush, whereas in NFL, it's just a sack. Um, he was four for negative 24 yeah, so he got, rushing. He got, he got rushed a little bit. <laughs> he got slinked back yeah. a couple times. <laughs> oh, but what else can you say? This is definitely probably that the biggest wild. upset of the year. Washington, everyone thought was overrated last year anyway. So this just kind of. Yeah, this kind of just proves that point. Uh, I feel bad for Washington because they've had some good seasons, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but like Joe and I talk about all the time, the thing that frustrates me is a lot of times these, you know, you want to put some of these smaller schools in with the big boys, but it's like, yeah, but you you see what's going to happen. And this just proves that point. You know, every year people are like, Washington should be in the playoff. Washington should be competing for national championship. And then Washington loses to the Grizzly. And let's not forget this happened in Michigan against Appalachian State, which is now a division one school. They've moved up. But years ago, this happened to Michigan versus Appalachian State. And when they were an FCS school, and I'm going to be honest with you, Michigan is not recovered. Uh, I mean, I don't think they were FCS school, but last year was it Louisiana Lafayette that beat? Yeah, Iowa's, Louisiana Iowa's Lafayette State? is a it's a D one school, but it's season? a smaller school. They they were originally. I'm not sure if they are yeah. still in the Sun Belt, but they were in the Sun Belt back when we were in the Sun Belt. Mm. One All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, on to the almost the nail upsets, biters, but great games nonetheless. Um, Brendan, did you get a chance to see any yeah, of this I game? Saw, I saw the beginning of this game and I was shocked. Okay. I saw the end of this game right. and I was shocked. Those of you who don't know, we're talking um, Tulane, Oklahoma, so, baby. Yeah. So when I got to the game, um, Tulane was down two touchdowns effectively, yeah. two scores. Um, they were down two scores. They were driving. They got the touchdown, and I was like, okay, they made it. You know, the gamblers will have their gambling things. But this game is over. Obviously, they're going to onside kick it. Oklahoma will recover. That'll be that. Well, Brandon, they got the onside kick. It was hella impressive. By the way, Tulane, I I was just about to bring that up. Very nice. Very. Fade blue with the green trim and the white uh, lettering. Oh, very nice. Um, so yeah, they get the onside kick, but they aren't able to execute on that final drive to get into the end zone. They end up turning it over on downs. Quarterback made a good effort running out on a fourth and like 13 or something, but he couldn't get like the last three yards that he needed. Um, so Oklahoma holds on Spencer Rattler, who has his own logo. Yeah, and for good reason. He was 30 or 39 for 300 yards. He has his own ah, okay. two interceptions. They don't show that on the box score. Come on. One touchdown. Um, you better get the right box score, boy. But yeah, um, this was a this was a um, now mind you, Oklahoma's number yeah. two team. This would have yeah, been for the sure. And I um, saw I didn't tell me to interrupt, but I saw the first quarter of this game when it was 14-14. and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it just goes to show that any given Saturday. Any of these small teams can beat these bigger teams, especially early on where, um, you know, they're not as yep. prepared, not as they think uh, it's going to be a warm up game. And then games. all of a sudden the other team comes out ready to rock and roll. And you're like, oh, wait, what what's happening? Speaking of one more round, Brent, did you get yes, to see I saw any a lot of this game? game? Okay, I, too, saw a lot of this game. I'm home visiting family and my family. A good portion of my family are Florida reason. State fans. Um, I deviated. I went to the Sadly, University we'll talk about that um, later. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, at least we didn't get blowed out by that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played the number one team 13th. in the country. Um, 
Yeah, but you're the 14th ranked team in the country. After that performance. <laughs> Brennan, that was marketing, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to break this down from a math standpoint, year? we're unranked going against the 13th team. You're 14 going against one, and you guys lost by 30. Oh, 31. We only 14. We were only 14, so they could yeah, sell that right. game to the no, Fairweather right. fans. Like, But that's not the game we're talking about. We're talking about the powerhouse in Florida right now. Florida State. Yes. I'm saying Thomas? out of the Florida teams. I okay. Um, Notre Dame versus Florida State. Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame ended up, I mean, it was close yeah. early. Then Notre Dame yeah, put some third distance quarter, they between put a little the two. distance on them. And then I, I stopped paying attention once that distance happened. And then I looked up, and Mackenzie Milton, three years removed from a, a gruesome leg injury uh, that he suffered at UCF. How old is he now? He has to be like 30. Huh? Um, Mackenzie Milton is, is, they just have him listed as a senior. Hang on, let me. Yeah, they don't have his age. I got it right here. Don't like that. Obviously, he's 30. Oh, wow. He's from Hawaii. Did you know that? Still don't put it. I think. No, it's not in his bio either. He's 5'11, 189. Wow. He is small. Mm. Oh, yeah. He had that horrible injury at UCF. Um, They were supposed to, like, come back and. Yeah, they went undefeated. Yeah. 13 0. Yeah, he ended up getting hurt. So he the must be a uh, season. Um, A master's. That's what I'm saying. That was like three years ago. Wow. So, so yeah. Anyway, um, Mackenzie Milton, I saw he was back in the, he was in the game and he helped lead a couple drives that got Florida State back, back in the game, basically. Um, the game went to overtime and then Florida State did things that only Florida State could do, Brandon. Do you want to pick up there? Uh, I mean, they, no, I, I'm sorry. Anymore? I was watching, I was reading all these Mackenzie Milton okay. stats. <laughs> Um, no, so I didn't oh. see the the total um, the overtime. So basically, when they got a little distance on them, I was at work watching this game. It was pretty slow, so I was just camped out in the bar watching this game. And like you said, there was a little bit of distance put on them, and I just kind of went back to work. And I was like, ah, damn it, this game's gonna be over, fuck. And then I went back into the bar a few like an hour or two later and saw like, oh my god, they almost pulled it out. And I was like, what the shit happened? So take it from there with how this ended up. He's 23 years old. Not as um, old as I thought. So, overtime, coin flip, blah, 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 blah. Florida State gets the ball first. Florida State is driving. Um, there's an obvious fumble by Mackenzie Milton. Somehow they say it's an incomplete pass, even though he was going to throw the ball, decided not to throw the ball, and the ball hit his other hand oh, and wow. then fell. And somehow they call that an incomplete pass. But let me let me set it up correctly. So he fumbles the ball on the field. It's ruled a fumble. They line up to kick the field goal, 50 yarder. They kick a 50 yarder, but Florida State called a timeout. Really? So the 50 yarder that Florida State just made is now null and void. They go, they review the play. They determine it wasn't a fumble. I don't know how they determined that, but they determined it wasn't a fumble. So they get, they get the yards back that they had lost. So now it's a shorter field goal. They missed that what? field goal, Brennan. They missed the closer field goal. They got in their own way just for those extra three yards. The kicker shanks it. Uh, Notre Dame gets the ball. Notre Dame scores their field goal. Notre Dame wins 41-38. But, Brennan, I want I want to bring something to your, your attention because you, you didn't see the end of the game. So you probably no, didn't hear this. Probably not. But I think Brian Kelly should be uh, – Taken off. I don't think he sh- should be allowed to be around children, let alone what the what general public. I think this man should be in jail um, because he, he he's a what mess happened? society, Brennan. Um, I was sitting there. I was listening to the presser. I wasn't really paying attention, though, because I, I was like, what? Huh? What did he just say? What I think he just said. What did he say? I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. What? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the the reporter came and asked him, um, Brian, you, I know you I know you're uh you talk about execution a lot. Um what did the team did the team execute to the best of your abilities? And his response uh, to that 
I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Wow. Executed. And they won the game. Executed. Yeah, no, I get where he's going. What the hell? <laughs> uh, he's just being punny. What the hell? And then I went to Twitter and I was like, uh, wait, so which, all, which Twitter did you go to? Uh, yeah, college football Twitter. Um, okay. <laughs> I said, is it okay? I was like, so everybody's just okay with Brian Kelly being a mass murderer. And then somebody, one of my followers, buddy, I went to college with reminded me that there was a video. There was a student video person personnel who died at a Notre Dame camp. I forgot Brian Kelly was the coach then. The kid in the yeah, tower that fell off the tower. Yeah. I yeah. forgot Brian. I didn't realize Brian Kelly's been at Notre Dame for like 11 years now. Yeah. But I, I was like, oh that. my gosh. I think we need to get this guy off the streets. This guy is a, a menace to society. Menace to society. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's. That's, you can't. I mean, I, I get he was probably just being a dick, but you won the game. Like, chill out, man. <laughs> Goodness gracious. One more run. Florida State's coming. Florida State is coming. I don't know. I think Notre Dame's just bad. Um, yeah, that's true, too. So, the last of the near upsets. Uh, this was a Thursday nighter. Uh, Ohio State won 45 31 over Minnesota. I think Minnesota probably would have won this game if not for um, their running back getting hurt in the third quarter. He got yep. hurt in the third and had already rushed for 163 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and in that third quarter is when uh, CJ Stroud, Ohio State's rookie, rookie, freshman, is he a true freshman? Oh, Ohio State's quarterback came back from halftime, ended up throwing. They ended up getting 21 points in that third quarter. Um, Turned it on. Minnesota tried to make a game after that, but it was pretty much out of their hands. So, yep. That's it. Yeah. That's pretty much it for that. One more round. Let's talk about Alabama University. All right, so, Miami. that's it for college football, huh? What? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> so, Joe yeah. has one more uh, listing in here. It's called Decisive Wins. And the yeah. number one with the silver bullet, as Joe likes to say, is Alabama. What? What happened? Defeating Miami. Now, we don't have to talk too long about this. I honestly thought, um, is it Daquan King? What? D'Eric. D'Eric. I knew it was a D apostrophe. I couldn't <laughs> remember what the last part was. D'Eric. Um, D'Eric King. You knew there was a third Q year. in there somewhere. Yeah. Third or fourth year. Um, anyway, he's been with Miami for a while. I thought, honestly. Two I, years. This is his second year with Miami. This is his third year with Miami. I second thought, year with Miami. <laughs> How long has he been playing college football, though? He's been like seven. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He's like a. He's, he's like 24 uh, years old. He played at uh, Houston and then transferred to Miami. That's what it was. Okay. So he's a talented quarterback. I honestly thought. Coming off an of ACL year, tear. Eight months after an ACL. Team has guys that go in the draft, and every year Miami has individual players that are really good, but. I, I thought this would be the year they could bring it together, especially with um, Derek behind center. But that wasn't the case. Game nope, wasn't close. More the same. Um, Disappointment. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, I, I think bringing back Manny, saving. So when Mark Rick decided to retire, it was kind of, we all were blindsided. Everybody was blindsided. No one knew what was yeah, happening. I forgot he was there. And then I forgot he retired. So Manny Diaz had already accepted the Temple job and was getting ready to leave to go to Temple. And then we made a big hubbub because Manny was the D coordinator and the defense had looked good in those two years under Rick. We we're going to make the push to bring Manny back. And since then, yes, our turnovers have gone up since the inception of the turnover chain and everything. We're like one of the top teams as far as takeaways. But we cannot stop anyone on defense. Which is weird because you've had a first round player taken. You've had a defensive player taken in the first round, like three out of the last five years. We can't stop anyone on defense. And then our offense is so predictable. I know we're going to run it on first down. Do you not think Alabama knows we're going to run it on first down? 
Oh, no, Alabama knew. You want to mix Alabama in a long exactly pass? Like, every pass is either just above the line of scrimmage or just behind the line of scrimmage. Like, there's no variation to the offense. It's so stagnant. We got this, uh, I don't even fucking know the OC's name because he's fucking annoying as hell, but he's just one of these guys that spells his name R-H-E-T-T, like Rit. Rhett Rhett or whatever the fuck his name is but yeah no, uh, he was supposed to be a prized possession and he hasn't been good since he got there either so I, I, I'm just annoyed with the stack where somehow Alabama is more advanced than us we're supposed to be the younger fresher team like Alabama, yeah. once Lane Kiffin went there, he changed their whole offensive scheme. They they put up a graphic before Lane and after Lane. Before Lane, they were averaging like I want to say it was like twenty seven points a game. After Lane, yeah, they had to win a lot of like games. Thirty seven a game. Yeah, they had to win a lot of games with defense back before Lane got exactly. there. Exactly. And then Lane got there and they became an offensive juggernaut. How are we still running a pro style system? How do we not have a spread offense? How do we not have the athletes? How are all the South Florida kids ending up at Alabama? In Alabama. <laughs> They're from South Florida. Yep. Best recruits in the world come out of South Florida. All right. We got to move on. Shit. We're running long. We had technical difficulties. We got to got to keep it going. One more round. Georgia Clemson. This game, I think it's safe to say game of the week. No. No? <laughs> Just for what it represents. Georgia's number five. Yeah, what Clemson's it represents, number three. Did you watch this game? No, not at all. Okay, Can you see this, this was watching paint dry? Like this is I, poo-poo. Ten to three. Georgia I was shuts on down Clemson. watching the game. And I saw Chad Ochocinco say, yeah, so I'm flipping over to the UCLA game. And I was like, you know what, Chad, I'm going with you. Because <laughs> go. it was 10-0 at that point, I want to say. And then Clemson got a field goal. And that's all. That, that was all she wrote. It was 10-3, a defensive touchdown for Georgia. Both offenses looked god-awful. Um, it may be because they're playing against two pretty good, really good defenses. But yeah. both Offenses could not get anything going, and it was just so unappealing of a game to watch. Yeah, so long run, this is going to mean something, especially come playoff time. Uh, but beginning of the season, just tough game to watch. But it's gonna this game is going to have implications throughout the entire season. This game just ensured that Georgia will be in the college football playoffs. By the way, yep, and Even that's and that's what I mean. And Clemson might get bounced. I don't Even think if Clemson wins the ACC, they could still get bounced. They they have the potential to get bounced depending on what Notre Dame does. Um, yep. But and what UCLA does. Apparently, get, we're talking yeah, about that apparently now. UCLA, what the fuck? But we're gonna get Georgia, Alabama if they run the table. We're gonna get Oklahoma if they run the table, and then it's gonna be Ohio State or Clemson. Put that out right now. Yeah, but it's gonna be Ohio State over Clemson. Well, they have to win out. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, it's too early to tell. We're getting way ahead well, of ourselves. Actually, Moving I mean, on. Oklahoma almost lost to Tulane, so it's going to be, I, for that last spot, it's going to be Oklahoma. Um, what, what's the three teams I said? So, Oklahoma, you got Georgia, Ohio Alabama, State. you got Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Those are going to be the four teams fighting for the last two spots. Yep. For I the agree. last two spots. Because college football is hella predictable. And you'd be surprised how quick and quick Mayman hits quick hits. All right, gotta get quick, 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 quick. hits. Okay, Brendan. Can't delay. Patrick Cantlay won the tour championship. Brendan, do you want to explain how you explain the tour championship? Yeah, to me? so the way the FedEx uh, Cup works in golf and the PGA is it's a very similar to the NASCAR Sprint Cup series. So basically, what happens is players, you play in a tournament every single week. That determines your ranking in the world. Um, so in the FedEx Cup Championship, they have, I believe it's four tournaments. They start with 100 golfers at one tournament. And then slowly but surely, it whittles its way down until you play a tournament where there is no cut. It's 37 guys, something like that, or 67. Like I don't know. It's a weird number. But they play for the FedEx Cup Championship. Now, again, in order to qualify for this last tournament, you have to play in three or four tournaments prior to um, and then they just kind of they kind of shoehorn these in with other tournaments. So it'll be like, oh, the Waste Management Classic in Arizona. And then they'll be like, oh, this will have to do with the FedEx standings and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, if you win the final tournament of the FedEx Cup Championship, you win 
the FedEx Cup. So before it was like one or two million dollars. It was just kind of thrown on there as a, a nothing thing. But they wanted to make it more dramatic. They wanted to make bigger stakes. So in the last couple of years, they've changed it to a fifty million, fifteen million dollar prize, and though you win the FedEx Cup, which also translates to you're one of the best players in the world because it goes by the FedEx Cup rankings. So Patrick Cantlay wins the FedEx Why Cup, fifteen mil. Like you add an extra Cantlay. I know. I like to say it like the town in England, Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay holds all John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau in order to solidify that fifteen million dollar payday. Um, fifteen mil. So yeah, um, and that's yeah. what that's yeah. coming off of beating Bryson in a head to head last week as well. Yeah, um, Bryson can suck it. <laughs> yeah, Brooksy. All right, Brooks. Yeah, he's having people kicked out for saying calling him Brooksy because uh, you know him and Brooks have that yeah cap, uh, cap. back and forth beef. All right, so the WNBA is again celebrating their twenty fifth season, so they put out the best twenty five players. Um, still, they're still doing that. Yeah, they took a break for the Olympics. They won the Americans won the Olympics. Now they're back, Brennan. I don't. I, I really don't appreciate uh, the sarcasm <laughs> in your voice, especially with the uh, walk off I have today. Um, oh so, yeah, Simone that. Augusta, Sue Bird, Swin Cash, Tamika Catchings, Tina Charles, Cynthia Cooper, Elena Deladon, Sylvia Fowles, Brittany Griner, Yolanda Griffin, Becky Hammond, Lauren Jackson, Leslie, Lisa Leslie, Angel McCutry, Maya Moore, Neka Ogumike, Candace Parker. Uh, this is the one that shook me up last time. Tita Per Penichero, I believe she's a foreign player. Um, Cappy Pondexter, Katie Smith, Brianna Stewart, Cheryl Swoops, Diana, Diana, wow, Diana Tarasi. Tarasi. Tina Thompson, Lindsay Whalen. All right. Those are the top 25 women in the past 25 years of the WNBA. Uh, Brennan, you were telling Brittany me. Brittany Griner beforehand. on that list. Yeah, Brittany, Brittany a fucking beast. Um, yeah, Brennan, you were telling me before beforehand that your boss has now made you a honorary oh, yeah. Mets fan. And so, so we didn't get a chance to talk about all the goings on in the Metropolitan Organization last week. So I just wanted to touch base on that and see how you felt. Um, yeah, since so, the players have apologized, but the whole thumb down thing, what was your opinion on that? Um, interesting. So I've learned a lot about this in the last few days because at work I told my one of my bosses I don't like. I'm not really a big baseball fan. One of your bosses that you don't like? No, no, no. One of my bosses that I don't like baseball, oh, that I'm not right. really a big baseball fan. No, I love my bosses. They're awesome. Uh, I know. I'm just trying to get you in trouble. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, uh, but he no was problem. like, what do you mean you don't like baseball? And I was like, well, I grew up in the South. It's mainly I call it football soccer. Kinda... <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Anyway, long story short, he says I'm rooting for the Mets now. So I've learned a lot about this in the last few days. So from the perspective of actual Mets fans that I've seen at my bar that I work at and like the restaurant that I work at and stuff, as long as they're playing well and hitting homers, they do not give a shit about the thumbs down, thumbs up. Nobody cares. Literally, my boss said, "If I think it was Baez who did it, right? Mm-hmm. My boss was like, if Baez, this was two days ago um, in the doubleheader against the Nationals in the first game, he was like, if he hits a home run to win this game, I don't care. He can flick off the entire, I don't care. <laughs> like if they win this game, I don't care. So that's my perspective. I'm just being an insider now in the Mets organization <laughs> and here in uh, New York City. That's that's well, my speak, perspective. Speaking of being an insider of the Mets organization, um, well, I think a week after the, yeah, it's been like a week since the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. The GM then gets arrested for a DUI. Uh, yeah, I saw you, that. You know a thing yeah. or two about that, right? Yeah, I know a lot of things about that. <laughs> Shit um, happens. I'm not going to judge someone for a DUI. No, I'm not judging him, but it's just after we um, p- put all these uh, responsibilities and expectations on the players and yeah. they can't thumbs then- down and everything, but then you leave a party, for the, owners, the owner's party, and then you get a DUI. It's kind of like, well, are you going to put out a public apology now, boy? Yeah, where's your huh? apology, asshole? You, you, that was irresponsible representation of the organization. 
I agree with you. That is irresponsible. <laughs> you agree with me on that? Um, last thing in the quick hits, Naomi Osaka was bounced out of the third round of the U.S. Open. Um, this is coming after several exits, several early exits um, that is, we're not accustomed to seeing her in. And she's saying that she may just need to take time away from tennis. Um, we forget how isn't young it, she isn't is. Isn't the she's big like understanding it's the time that she took away that led her to get bounced? No, because she performed at the Olympics. She played at the Cincinnati Open, which was which is usually the run up to this, and a lot of people play. Okay, in that. I so, wasn't sure. It's just I I've seen people saying like, no, it wasn't like due talking to the time heads saying, oh, she well, off. she's already taking time off, and now she says she says she needs to take more time off. But the reason she's in a slump is because she was taking time off. No, see, so that's that's um. I think that's misguided because I don't think she's in a slump because she's taking time off. I think she's in a slump because she's in a slump. She needs to take time tennis off to get out of the slump. I often get in a slump. Um, there's yeah. been tennis players that have taken years off um, in, order, in order to just get their headspace right. Um, so I think just the world, again, I say she's 23. She's the, I don't think I was a fully formed adult at 23. So I don't think if you gave me all the money in the world and You're all the media. You're not a fully formed adult at 26. I don't think I'm a fully formed adult at 27. Um, uh, you made me 26. Thanks. You made me younger. Um, forgot your birthday was a couple months ago. Uh, no, it's not. My birthday was in December. I'm coming up on 28, buddy. Yeah, it was a couple months ago. It's not a couple months. <laughs> um, so I said there's a couple months to go until your birthday. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Anyways. Um, I don't think all that social media attention, all that attention in general would be great for my mental headspace, um, especially if you're not ready for it. And she didn't yeah. seem no, like I agree. she was super ready for it and it came kind of quick and all of a sudden. Um, so, yeah, I just want her to go ahead and get her head right. Well, and I think a lot of it might be the best player she can be. I think a lot, not a lot of it, but I think some of it might also have to do with the fact that. I mean, she did something very brave when she uh, wore those masks and stuff. And it, mm. it was something that I, I found incredibly inspirational. But as a young 23-year-old person, doesn't matter, male, female, doesn't matter. I don't think she's ready for the some of the backlash that came with that. Not mm. from the majority of the population, but from a vocal minority of people who are racists and bigots and just are fucking assholes. And there's a lot of white privilege dominance in tennis. And yeah. I'm sure she, I'm sure she, her, I'm sure she got it, man. I'm sure, I'm sure of it. And the fact that that can weigh on somebody a lot, especially at that age, you know, you're thinking you're doing something positive and you are, but then you get all this negative feedback for it. I'm sure that, that, that hasn't been easy for her. Yeah. Yeah. I could have said a bit of myself, Brennan. Good job there. All right. Thank you. Time for the walk off. Real fast. Time for the walk off. Did, did Savannah not agree with me that you said that very eloquently? I saw you had to turn around for a second. No, no, no. I just wanted validation, so I turned to look. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just did a good job. <laughs> and then she turned and smiled at me, and now she's giving me this weird stink eye. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the a walk off. Usually, where me and Brennan, you know, do a short form essay. Sometimes. Brennan will recycle his. Sometimes I'll read something or just not have one and just ramble. Brennan's also rambled a few times too. Um, once, once. I've rambled times, once. Two times. Okay. Two times. Okay. All right. We had your buddy in New Orleans <laughs> and we had you oh, yeah. uh, telling stories about New York when you almost got beat up by two different people. When Kyle died. Um, <laughs> all right. Here we go. My, I'll go first this week since you hosted. Uh, you. Mine's super short. Oh. And it is called And So It Begins with Fall on the Horizon. And the weather starting to change comes a certain familiarity and comfort in every weekend in the form of football. I'm not one of these crazies that blocks off hundreds of hours a year to watch wall-to-wall games Saturday morning through Sunday night, even though some weekends I'd like to be. I watch what I can, when I can, and then play catch-up through highlight shows, YouTube clips, and box scores. While it is not ideal, it is what I can do right now with my work schedule and the time that I have through comedy. Even as busy as my life is, especially on the weekends, I find certain... I find a certain calmness that comes with having football on in the background, be it at home or at work. The start of the football season calls to mind some of the best times of my life. 
be it playing or just the time of the year that football season falls on. I can think back to some of the happiest moments. And normally there's a game or two I remember being on around at or around that time. Football is also unpredictable. And as contrarian as this sounds, I enjoy the, oh man, can you believe it aspect of the game? I would say other than hockey, football upsets are my favorite upsets because the whole world is so sure they know who's going to win. And when they lose, it is that much better. Really, it just comes down to the fact that football is my favorite sport, whether it's on in the background or I'm glued to the TV when it is on. It is a constant and steady thing in my life, and I appreciate that. The fun time I have betting on games, listening to people excel or botch their fantasy lineups, or just enjoying the modern-day gladiator all comes with football. And so the season begins. That's Beautiful. it. That's mine. Joe, all right. you have a very inspirational walk-off this week. I do. I do. Uh, so shut up. All right. Shut up. Get away from the mic. All right. Mine is titled Jackie Mac. August 31st was the end of an era. After 39 years of working in the industry, Jackie Mac Mullen retired. She started as an intern at the Boston Globe in 1982, and she eventually became a columnist for the Globe and a senior writer for Sports Illustrated covering the NBA. She had written two books with Larry Bird, one of which was also with Magic. She wrote a book with Gina Oriema and one with Shaq. She was the first woman to receive the Kurt Gowdy Award, entering her into the NBA Hall of Fame. She was the first and only female writer featured on ESPN's weekly show, weekly Sunday show, Sports Reporters, for a long time. But one of, the, one of Jackie McMullen's biggest impact was on Around the Horn. For a long time, she was the only female panelist, but she was talented, smart, and knew her stuff. So any caveman wouldn't dare question her. For me, it normalized women discussing sports. So when Jamel Hill, Mina Kimes, Sarah Spain, Ramon Shelber, Monica McNutt, Kate Fagan, Emily Kaplan, L. Duncan, Diana Rossini, Kate, Katie Nolan, and countless other women sports analysts started making their mark in the sports landscape, I never felt that archaic notion that women don't know what they're talking about. Don't know what they're talking about. They didn't put their hand in the dirt, so they can't talk about this and that. And this was all because Jackie Mac, <clears throat> and this was all because Jackie Mac, Jackie Mac, set the tone and opened the door for many young women to follow her. Around the Horn began in two thousand two, in two thousand no, 2000, yeah, in two thousand two, and in twenty sixteen marked the first time they had a all female panel featuring Hill, Spain, Fagan, and Jackie Mac. She said her final goodbyes, and if there. She said her final goodbyes after a rotation of panelists said theirs. And I just wanted the opportunity to say thank you, Jackie McMullen, for making the world a little bit better by doing what you love doing. Boom. All right. That was beautiful. Thank you. I'm so mad. Bye. I just got an email. Work was calling somebody out and I missed the I missed it. So oh, you could have been called in. out. Dang. Yeah. So we're going to be super slow. So now I get to go in and stand around for four hours. Man, at least you get to watch. Uh, what's the game? Yeah, tonight? I'll be able to watch some of the games. Yeah. I was like, is there a game tonight? Yeah, there is. All right. Press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right. You can find me on all social media at Brennan T comedy, Brennan T comedy.com. Uh, I've got some updates upcoming here in New York city, October 7th. I'll be at Broadway comedy club and check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Um, that's on anywhere you get your podcasts. I have comedians, actors, musicians, all sorts of people on we talk about crazy drinking stories, uh, getting in trouble stories, drug stories, party stories, all sorts of fun stuff. Joe. Uh, you can check out this show at Caring Press on Twitter and Instagram. You can check me out at Joe Dorval on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out my website, joedorval.com. I just dropped a new merch collection that is anime-inspired, Naruto specifically. So you can go check that out and get you some new digs. Um, Brennan forgot to promote his T-shirts and whatnot, so don't forget to oh, go yeah. to Brennan Taz. BrennanTcomedy.com? BrennanTcomedy.com slash merch store. Okay. Um, yeah, so you, also you can check me out on a new low and 
Who Does a Podcast. We have started season two and we're doing the Hamilton mixtape um, that you can find on all your DSPs. Um, so yeah, don't forget to go to anulo.co. That's our website because we are hipsters. Um, so yeah, Reddit, get me out of here. I need to and that's why we that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out, Jackie McMullen. 39 years. That's a long time. have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Tears from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.